Cincinnati's ready for the Big 12. It's, it was time for them. I am fired up. It's yeah. a blessing to be able to be in this league with y'all, you know, putting on for UC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Go Beer Cats podcast. I'm Brandon. He's Darren. This is Levi back again from uh, the Wide Right Natty Light podcast website, just multimedia conglomerate. Uh, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of everything there. Uh, back again, uh, Forrest Levi. We we talked to you over the summer on our sort of our Big 12 tour of getting to know our, our new conference mates. Uh, and I have to say that I'm – hold on one second here before I just throw this out there. Yes, that is the number one listen-to episode of this podcast of all time. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it's good yeah, to hear. So that blew me away there. The Iowa State fans certainly showed up for that one and, and maybe a little bit of a Cincinnati fans wanting to know a little bit more about you guys as well. But – uh, yeah, like I had just had on Brett McMurphy, easily the you know biggest get of, of the podcast so far, right. and yep. you guys blew him out of the water. So, well, well done. We do our we do our best. <laughs> Absolutely. So w- we said we'd reach out to you again uh, once football season came around. I always like to do a preview uh, with you know guys like minded guys that that have their own show like you guys do. Which uh, you know when I was on the show had a great time. Definitely keep it light, keep it fun, and keep it moving on the uh, Wide Right Natty Light podcast. So, Bearcats fans, if you've not checked that out, uh, you should definitely do so. Uh, but we're here to talk about the season. Cyclone sitting three and three and two and one right now. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, we have a, a list of questions here we came up with. We, we want to get to know uh, more about the team this year and uh maybe maybe some some surprises along the way they certainly won a nice game against tcu this past weekend yeah but before we do that i levi i'm i'm on an official beer strike until okay the bearcats win again but right. it's my wedding anniversary this weekend so my wife has vetoed it so we actually get to bring back beer of the podcast time for a beer Beer of the podcast. It's been what three weeks, Darren, since I've had a beer on the yeah. show. <laughs> it's it's been a long. It feels like it's been a uh, super long time. Uh, so I am drinking an IPA from 18th Street Brewery in Indianapolis called Here Comes the Reaper. Six point eight percent. Hopefully, it's good because it's the first beer that I've had in a while. Are you guys sipping on anything while we speak here tonight? Um. I mean, nothing special. Uh, I'm getting over a little some, some it feels like. So a little bit of Sprite today. You know, beer's not going to really help that recover at the end there. So, yeah. But that's why we're going to schedule programming next week. Uh, to be honest, no, I'm not because I had, I don't know, something clear of a dozen drinks yesterday. So I'm good for, <laughs> I'm good for today. Saturday. <laughs> I, I hear it. it was, I, hear I it. mean, I'm... we started tailgating at 930 in the morning and it was a seven o'clock kick. So <laughs> it was it was a it was a day. Hell yeah. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. You know, well, you, the I did get this beer from our sponsor, uh, the Delhi Liquor Store, which has you covered this weekend if you plan on tailgating for the Bearcats Cyclones homecoming game. Uh, beer, wine, cigars, anything anything that you might want for a tailgater party, they got you covered. I know I've spent a lot of time there this weekend. Bought a couple cigars, bought a bottle of bourbon, case of Cincy Light. Uh, I've been going very hard here this weekend as it's, you know, this this reprieve because it's back to the, the beer strike tomorrow. So I'll get a little while I can here, gentlemen. That works. Levi, you want to talk? Let's let's throw this out here while we have everyone's attention. Still, we uh, people are just tuning in here, settling in. So Darren and I, as you can see, uh, Darren's background there, uh, we're part of the Den tailgate. The Den, it's right on campus, right in the middle of uh, the grid, which is the main tailgating section at UC. Um, thousands and thousands of people tailgate there, set up in, in their in your own little spots. Uh, but the Den, is uh, it's a tailgate for everyone. Everyone's invited. So even uh, if I'm 
assuming there'll be a decent amount of Iowa State fans coming out to, to Nipper this weekend. The Den is uh, open for everyone. So if you go to the denuc.com, you can get some uh, some more details about the this week's happening. But kickoff, I think, is at noon. Tailgating starts at about 8.30. We have a DJ, DJ Mike Wazowski. Uh, we have Bearcat Bagels coming in from Everything Bagel and Eastgate here. Uh, we usually have at least a keg, if not two, of Cincy Light on draft on the trailer. And uh, I, I'm hearing there's some sort of extracurricular activity, maybe a Mario beer cart or something on the TV on the trailer. I don't know yet. That's just rumor. Don't hold me to it. Well, there's always some sort of uh, activity to go along with the tailgating there. So if Iowa State fans or other Cincinnati fans <laughs> are looking for a place to tailgate, uh, you know, check out that website. I think it's only like $5 a game. So super, bad. Super, super cheap, super affordable, and you don't have to bring anything. Bagel, beers, snacks. It's covered. There's a DJ, so it's a good time. Uh, so all are welcome there. I want to let Iowa State fans know that off the bat. Sounds like a fun time. I, yeah, I mean, definitely if there's any Cyclone fans going out there that are looking for a place to tailgate, that's not a bad not a bad option there. Yeah, and we had a... So be careful how many Iowa State fans you invite to your tailgate because a bunch <laughs> of them may show up and just become an Iowa State tailgate. <laughs> we, had, we had a handful. We had a decent amount of Oklahoma fans there. Uh, a couple Oklahoma ago. fans are... That's a that's a D tier tailgating fan base. They don't. Yeah. It's a bad tailgating fan. They don't tailgate at their own stadium. They can't, and they're just. That's not a tailgating fan base. To be fair, they're like t shirt fans most likely too. A lot like, of them are t shirt fans. Yeah. Um, but it's just that's not a that's not a tailgating fan base. Yeah, I would so, say well, it's a tailgating fan base. <laughs> hopefully, we we have some some uh, fans come out here and and see. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see like their reactions to our to our tailgate. See uh you know, just the not just the Dan tailgate, but the tailgating environment altogether. I would like to yeah get their input, see what see what they think about it here. Um, yeah, I'm definitely saying that we are way better at tailgating than Oklahoma. I, I can just I can just see that. And there's <laughs> BYU. Yeah, I mean we got to. Well, they don't. They don't tailgate. Yeah. They don't tailgate. Not at all. But which is hilarious because we play at BYU in November, <laughs> and I I know there's a there's a contingent of Iowa State fans that are that are going to go out to that. And I'll be curious to see what happens because you're not supposed to have alcohol near the stadium. But uh, good luck. <laughs> well, yeah, this is craft soda. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Craft soda is like with Jack. <laughs> not uh, what caffeine free. Mm, yeah. Craft soda. No, they can have caffeine now. Oh, they can. I, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's they can best. have caffeine now. That's right. Uh, that's why the that's why the soda thing is taken off. Um, last five or ten years or something like that but take the edge off a little bit <laughs> yeah i mean whatever whatever few bars remaining there are in Provo, i'm sure they will be packed to the gills with iowa state fans well we can't speak too much because we did lose to to byu out in byu uh yeah last last friday or something a game very winnable for the bearcats that uh you know we spotted them 14 points and couldn't really uh dig ourselves out of it the Cyclones, however, just beat TCU TCU this past weekend. They sit three and three and two and one. So far, I know we're we're, we're I mean six games in here. Would you say Iowa State is about where you expected them to be? Are they meeting expectations or exceeding them? What do, what are your thoughts so far? Uh, <laughs> I, that's a that's a funny question because I guess I mean. Three and three at this point in the season was like a oh that might happen. Um, how they got there is probably not how I would describe as, as as not how I would have you know you know predicted at the beginning of the season you know blowing out TCU, beating Oklahoma State fairly easily, and then you know losing to Ohio. You know it's it's kind of an odd it's an odd season. It's kind of. <laughs> I would say they're super, super young. They're like one of the youngest teams in in Division One, um, and it's it's been an up and down season, which is kind of what you expect from a young team. It's probably been more up and down than I would like it to be, but it's it's an up and down season. So you know, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season we'd be three and three halfway through the season, I'd be like, okay, that's kind of that's a pretty reasonable thing. Like that seems like that's where they might be. Yeah, but how the the path to get here has been complete and total nonsense. I yeah. get that. Definitely. Go ahead, Darren. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm just saying it's it's one of those things where you're just kind of whelmed 
you know, with all yeah, the yeah, it's just, and how things we go. just are where we are. <laughs> that is what it is. With the loss to Ohio, I think Bearcats fans can certainly um, empathize with you guys there with us losing to Miami, Ohio for the first time in 18 years or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, the Bearcats offensively has, has have struggled this year at times, uh, depending on what uh, what unit on the D or the what uh, yeah what room on the defensive side of the ball. They've the secondary has looked like worse than Swiss cheese, while the D line is you know stellar. How has how has, I know Iowa State went through some um, some suspensions with the the gambling news that, that came out and everything. How has the team? I mean, three and three. How's the, the team has certainly been able to recover a little bit from from all of that that had gone on. What's what do you think the key to that has been so far? Um. Well, to, to start off, <clears throat> I don't really think the gambling suspensions really changed all that much. Hunter Deckers, while a, a certainly a talented individual as far as just kind of raw ability to play football, certainly is a talented guy, um, was not a good quarterback last year. Um, Rocco has been better. You know, maybe not quite as – doesn't have quite all the, the raw talent that Hunter Deckers does, but he's just a really good, solid quarterback. He's been – that's been an upgrade um, going to Rock – going from Hunter Deckers to Rocco Becht. Um, Isaiah Lee was probably in this process of losing, looting his started, losing his starting spot. Um, Jake Remsburg is probably the one that you might look at and be like, eh, it would have been nice to have Jake Remsburg this whole time. Cause his left tackle that's been playing in his place is not, has not been good at all. Um, so that's maybe the one you're looking at. Uh, but for the most part, the gambling, the gambling suspensions, like as far as who's missing, I don't think has changed much, if anything, um, and you could probably argue that it's an addition by subtraction because you've got people that had clearly. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Yeah, that's no problem. We, we, people that have absolute shit for brains are gone <laughs> off the team. Um, like, and, and Jarrell Brock, yeah, running back. He's played, been here forever, but we've got plenty of good backs. Um, it's not the running game issue was not in a running backs issue. It was a it was an offensive line and a scheme issue. Um, but. They've started to turn it around after after the Ohio loss. They the coaching staff went on the record saying, "Hey, we we're going to do something different. Our passing game is working because Rocco seems to be a solid quarterback, and we're protecting the passer all right. Um, so we're going to try to build around the passing game, and then go, and then try to kind of work back into a running game from there. Against Oklahoma State, they did that, and it, and it worked. Um, the, the running game still wasn't like good, but it was still, but it did something at least, uh, which is a, which is a start." And then they, unfortunately, then they ran into Oklahoma, who is we found out is a very, very good football team on both sides of the ball. Um, you guys played them closer than we did, but you know Oklahoma is a, has a very solid defense, a much better defense than they've had for the last decade at least, um, and their offense is still very good. If you give if you give Dylan Gabriel time, he will destroy you. <laughs> um, so you know we ran into an experienced team that has lots and lots of talent, and it's still I would say still kind of in the process of. Um, working out kind of the new offensive scheme with a really, really young team. Plus they had a, I would say they had a, a, a key injury out on defense Malik for Don, the safety um, missing him. His replacement gave up a couple big plays against Oklahoma state and Oklahoma. So that didn't help. Um, and then you come into this past weekend, TCU is not obviously not as good as they were last year, um, but still a solid, very solid football team. Um, and I would say own that game from start to finish. Um, I would I will tell you that just because and in yeah you kind of got to zoom out a little bit too and look at the whole weekend with the Jack Trice legacy game which for people on the outside it might not seem like a big deal if you for one for anybody listening to this if you don't know who the story of Jack Trice and who Jack Trice is you need to take time to read about it we've got a link on our site that has links to lots of different videos and articles and a whole bunch of newspaper clippings in it there's tons and tons of resources online ESPN uh, College Game Day did a really good special about it uh, a few years ago if you don't know the story of Jack Trice, you absolutely need to read about it and and know the story because um, it's it's a remarkable, tragic story that is extremely important to not just Iowa State, but to college football in general. Um, and I, Iowa State plays in the state in Jack Trice Stadium, which is still the only stadium in Amer in the United States of America named after a black person. Um, and it's because of that. I mean, that's 
it's a big deal. We do. We, it's a very, very, very big deal at Iowa State. And this this past weekend was the hundredth anniversary of his la- of his uh, of his passing in his his last game at Minnesota. Um, so that was the whole celebration of the whole weekend, and it was done perfectly by Iowa State. I mean the 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 game day festivities, all of the kind of pageantry around the whole day, the the cool uniform. I don't know if you guys saw the uniforms that we wore this past yes, weekend. They sure. were sick. Yes, they were fantastic. <clears throat> Ames all on the that. helmet. Uh, yeah, Ames uh, on the helmet, the stripes on the jersey. Pff, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And the the football entrance got a big upgrade. That fireworks going off all around the stadium. Vibes this weekend were immaculate. Perfection. Perfect day. An absolute <laughs> perfect day of cyclone football. And they dominated the defense. You know, they TCU has a really, really good running game. That running back, uh, Imani Bailey, is phenomenal. Um but, you know, aside from him, I was pretty much shut down TCU on defense, especially in the second half. Um, and we had 200 and we had over 200 rushing yards, which I don't even remember. The last time that happened, Brees Hall was still playing here. Um, you know, so uh, the running game got going. Rocco did. You know, he only had like 138 passing yards, but he wasn't asked to do much. I mean, he was just asked to manage the game. You know, pick up a few first downs here and there, but mostly they they won the game through the running game, which was uh, really really encouraging. The offensive line has taken big strides the last couple of weeks, um, so definitely uh, vibes around the program are definitely trending up, definitely. And it, this weekend did a lot to help that. So I know people are feeling well, run really 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 irritated after the Ohio game. Then you know encouraged but still fairly wary after the Oklahoma State game. Then you lose by thirty to Oklahoma, and you're like, Ugh, okay whatever yet then you, you just have to kind of like mentally block that out and say you know what Ohio, Oklahoma's a much better football much more experienced football team right now we weren't going to win that game it's fine whatever coming out of this weekend the the feeling around the program is much much better than it was a month ago um and just yeah it's it, the, the the whole thing feels like there's they're building to something the offense is not total just not it's not just total crap anymore like they've got something going they've got a flow going um and that's good good sign going forward yeah the vibes seem really high just you know perusing you know cyclone twitter for yeah. what i could find the vibes were so high that you know people you know at least i saw the, the thought float out there they wanted to make the direct it's like make it a yearly thing Oh yeah, there's oh the the if you if you took a poll among cyclone fans right now it would be 90 plus percent in favor of Every year, the first weekend of October, we do the Jack Trice game. That's it's a night game on a Saturday at Jack Trice. We invite whoever we want, and they have a terrible, terrible time because we're gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's like make that a yearly thing. Like yeah. there's there's there are like sometimes it gets really easy to look at something that happened that was really cool one off things like oh we should do this all the time type of thing yeah. or whatever. It's like but this particular thing is we should do this every year. It, there's an anniversary at the beginning at the first weekend of October. It makes a lot of sense. You can wear these uniforms once a year, make it a thing. I, it, I'm pretty sure Jamie Pollard's probably not listening to this, but if you are, Jamie, please do that. <laughs> make, make this a yearly thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you sometimes you have to be careful with uh, games like that, or you know, assigning special meaning, especially yeah. after having a big game like that. Yeah, um, it's easy know. to ride the emotional yeah. wave and 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 blow it up into more than what it was, but. I don't think that's happening in this Agreed. case. I mean, this is this is this is a monumental thing for Iowa State. It's mm-hmm. a big it's a big deal. Darren, go ahead and lead off with the uh, the next question here as we sort of jump into uh, maybe the the nitty gritty of, of the Cyclones team this year. Yeah, um, you already talked about you know your stable of running backs a little bit and how Rocco has been doing enough not to lose, lose you guys' games as a freshman, um, but. Go more in depth and tell us who we should be watching out for on offense here. Uh, Rocco's the game manager. He's he's not gonna, you know, they're not gonna he's not gonna probably dice you up for 400 yards, but they're not gonna ask him to do that. Um, it's uh, in the passing game, you're looking at tight end Ben Bramer. He's a true freshman, number 18. He's six seven, runs like a gazelle. Um, he, you know, they don't ask him to, they don't target him 15 times a game or anything like that. But he's, he's a guy that if they send him down the seams or something like that, he can be a really, really big matchup problem. Um, <clears throat> on the outside, Jalen Knowles, a slot guy, uh, been here forever. He's like fifth on the all time receptions list as like, you know, a couple of, a couple of years and a couple of games into his junior year. Uh, he's cut a ton of balls earlier in his early in his career. And he's been really stepping up the last few weeks, making lots of big plays. Um, definitely. A, Probably I would call him probably the number one receiver, um, Jalen Knoll. 
you got a couple other guys like uh, Jaden Higgins, who's who's been a transfer from Eastern Kentucky that has been that has been good. He's kind of coming on now because he gets gets into the flow of things, but he's been very good. Um, and then Daniel Jackson's kind of another guy that they they like to run out there quite a bit. Um, the running backs, the main there's kind of a main. I don't know. They've been pretty much rotating four guys. Um, Cartavius Norton is kind of the old school power back. Can't catch the ball worth the shit. If you see him go out for a route and they throw it to him, you can assume he's going to drop it. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> then Eli Sanders had a big week last week at 99 yards on the ground. Um, he's kind of a speed back. He can he can catch balls out of the backfield, but he's kind of a speed, more of a speedy, elusive back. Um, Abu Sama, the true freshman, had a uh, broke off a 55-yard run. Uh, for a touchdown last week he is a really really dynamic freshman can do anything you want to uh anything anything you'd want him to he can he's just young right now um but they're they're giving him more and more touches every week and he keeps doing more and more stuff with him he's a pretty he's an explosive player um then carson hansen's kind of your i hate to do this because he's a white running back but he does play a lot like christian mccaffrey (laughs) like i i I hate to do that i can make that comparison but it kind of is apt here they like to use him in in the in the passing game quite a bit and then he is a so he came out of <clears throat> in high school. He played a uh, tr- in a triple option offense. So when he when you you can see that a lot when he's running the ball, they'll give him to him, even just as a handoff. But you can see he's getting up to the line and then making a cut inside, like trying to dart through a hole that just opened up like that. Because that's what you have to do in an option offense is where you got to really you got to kind of probe and probe and probe and then find your hole and then boom go through it as soon as you can. Uh, and that's you can see that's how you how he runs too. He, he makes a kind of a one big power cut upfield and then goes um, type of thing. They've all four been getting fairly equalish work the last couple of weeks. So I, you know, there isn't probably any one that you're gonna be like, oh, this is the dude. Um, but like I said, Abu Sama 24, he's a true freshman, really, really explosive player. We'll see what they can do. They've been they've been able to get him into space the last few weeks. So I I mean they're gonna continue to try to do that. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say looking at Carson, you know, I was gonna say more uh probably closer to Toby Gerhardt with hands. You know, no, 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 because Toby Gerhardt was a power back. He was a big fullback type. No, Carson. I mean, I, 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 Carson Hansen is a kind of like a not skinny, but, you know, a a more athletic, uh, like receiving back. Like I, I, the the, the Christian McCaffrey thing is like, I hate to put that a comparison on him, but that, that really is kind of his build and his play style. Gotcha. Okay. Whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. It's accurate. Just it's, there's just, I don't like, I don't have a better like analog for him, I guess (laughs) is. I was yeah. just kind of looking at like the 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 physical comparison, or like, like, or like yeah. a, maybe like an Alvin Kamara, if you want to call him something yeah. like that. That's like that kind of build. He's definitely not a Toby Gerhardt gotcha. build. Okay, he's like I think he's only like two twenty or something like that. He's not yeah. two fifty like Toby Gerhardt was. Because if I remember correctly, Toby Gerhardt was like slightly smaller than Mike Allstott and just like, just run because he was like people. yeah he was like he was like he was like below like he was right at six foot but he was a little stockier so oh he, yeah he was a yeah. bowling he was a bowling ball yeah. Yeah, no, he's no Carson Hansen's definitely more of a gotcha receiving back type. Gotcha. <clears throat> but yeah, so those are those are kind of the main guys you're gonna be looking at on offense. Well, I'm muted, so I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just talking to no one. My dog down here is listening to me. Uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, Iowa State came up with four interceptions against TCU this week. Should have been a fifth. Jeremiah Cooper dropped one. Well, that's so (laughs) – is is that something that's – was that Iowa State's defense or was that TCU being not good offensively? Both. I mean, mean, in the end, it's always a little bit of both. I mean, quarterbacks can make a good throw and it can get picked off and they can make a bad throw and it doesn't get picked off and vice versa. Um, But, you know, Iowa State did a really good job, especially if you go back and watch that, the second pick – um, was actually he did like Bo Freeler didn't catch it. The receiver caught it and Bo Freeler tore it out of his hands before he had secured possession and fallen to the ground. Um, so he he kind of stole an interception, if you want to call it that. Um, and the, the first one, Will McLaughlin just sat in space and picked the picked it right off. Um, another one, <clears throat> Bo Freeler caught it. Um, they had, they tried a double pass and the receiver threw the dumbest throw I've ever seen in my life. Like his, his he threw it into triple coverage and, <laughs> and it was a pretty easy pick for Bo Freeler or whatever. And it was funny because I, I, I was at the game and I, I'm right behind the TCU sideline and I was watching as soon as that play was over, the receiver was coming to the sideline and the assistant coach comes out and I could like, I can't hear him, but like, I can tell exactly, I can tell exactly what he's saying. He's like, why'd you throw that? And he's like, I don't know. What was I supposed to do? He's like, throw it out. <laughs> like, like I saw it, like he pointed and everything, but you know, they, it, 
they were truly ball hawking a lot last weekend because they knew that they knew that um, uh, TCU's quarterback had is is at times turnover prone uh, or was you know he's probably hurt now but um, he at, at both of that you know, all the quarterbacks on the roster are turnover prone so they were they they made a point to try to force some more turnovers. Uh, and be more ball hawks. There was a couple times where they took they took the risk and they got close and it didn't pan out and you know and they got a big play out of it. But they also had four picks and I almost had a fifth one. So, you know, that's I, I think those are some calculated risks that I'm okay with taking. Give you can give up an extra completion or you know an extra 15 yard completion or two in in exchange for getting four picks. You know, for sure. That's that's a trade you're willing to make usually. <laughs> yeah. So is that so you threw some some of the guys' names out there that, that made those picks there. Uh like Darren asked about the offense. What are some other names on defense if they're Iowa State's looking to get a stop or, or make a big play? Who else should we be looking out for? First name that you need to know about the Iowa State defense is TJ Tampa. He's a cornerback that's been here. He's a senior now. He's I would be shocked if he's not a first round pick. He's gonna be I mean, he's six two. He'll probably run four four or maybe a little bit under. He's got like a forty two inch vertical. He's an outstanding athlete, um, big rangy corner, really really good ball skills. I mean, just everything that you would like look for in a prototypical first round quarter cornerback for the NFL. That's TJ Tampa. Um, or not tremendously different from Sauce Gardner, which obviously you guys are are familiar with. Um, and uh, you know, he, he's. He'll they usually don't they don't switch sides of the field. Usually they they keep him on the same side for the most part. So like when he's you know, when since he's best receiver is lined up over there, you can probably assume he's not gonna get thrown to. Um, you know, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State is you know, he's a one of the smartest X's and O's guys on offense and call in college football and for reason. He's kind of a goofy guy, but you know, he's he knows the stuff on offense, but he made the decision for some reason that at the end of the at the end of the game when they needed to um, when they need to make a drive, they threw directly at TJ Tampa three times. And on the third time, TJ Tampa picked it off and iced the game. Um, so it's one of those guys, it's you know, he can he can remove a side of the field most of the time on his own. Um and then you've got do you think that's that uh TJ Tampa, that's I mean, that's gotta be the guy that lines up across Xavier Henderson, right? That, I would assume no other so. option. Yeah, 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 pretty much. They'll they'll put him on the best receiver. It, 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 there are times where they'll play man and they'll they'll move them across the field, but for the most part, if they're playing zone, they'll stay they'll stay on their own sides. Um, but yeah, so he won't like they won't have him chase Xavier Henderson around all day or anything like that because um, they feel pretty good about the other corner, Miles Purchase. Um, not as good as TJ, but he's certainly a very serviceable corner. He would be a starter on a lot of teams, or the number one corner on a lot of teams. Um, but really, the kind of the star of I would say it's defense, especially the secondary, is, is the safeties, the three safeties back there. Uh, Bo Freeler, Malik Verdon, and Jeremiah Cooper. Uh, Jeremiah Cooper is leading the country in interceptions with four on the season, and his teammate Bo Freeler is second in the country with three. <laughs> um, those two have been excellent. Malik Verdon missed a few games, but he had a pick last week uh, on, against TCU, and he's a all three of them are very, very good open field tackling, run stopping uh, safeties. So feel very, very good about the safeties and about the secondary as a whole. Um, the linebackers are both extremely old and very, very young. <laughs> the the one of the outside linebackers is a 60-year senior that's here's been he's been free here forever. The starting middle linebacker is a true freshman. The other outside linebacker is a true sophomore. So they it's it's a young group. They're talented, but there's at times where they do get caught out of position a little bit. Um the defensive line is is it's got a lot of raw talent, but they're Losing Will McDonald hearts <laughs> like he's you know, really really good and losing you know arguably the best pass rusher in college football is tough to replace especially at Iowa State. Um, so they've got some guys in there that can rush the passer passer, but they've had some issues this year getting pressure on the quarterback and like against we saw it against Oklahoma where Dylan Gabriel had five seconds to throw anything. Um, so that's that's I would argue that. Uh, the defensive line right now is probably the weakest group on the defense. Um, it's not that they're bad. They're just the weakest one, I think. Um, but, I mean, historically, John Haycock's always put a very solid defense on the field, solid to straight-up elite defense on the field. Um, they're not as good as they were last year because um, part of it is you have to have a, a pass rush and you've got to have a really, really solid linebacking core. Um, the, the secondary is outstanding. Um, but the, uh, the rest of the defense is young and they're still, sometimes they get caught out of position and stuff like that too, but they're, they're, they're getting it figured out. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, just with that being said, just looking at both our teams, uh, it, it really seems like this game is shaping up to be uh, well, one it's opposite. You, you know, for, for Iowa, it's going to be covered, covered sacks for uh, you know uh, you see, it's going to be more the line getting home. Um, but that being said, it, it really seems like it's going to be a game of who can get their offense going first. I think that both defenses are going to do enough to keep the game in play for both of them. Um, you know, with that being said, what do you think would be three keys for, uh, UC taking home a win. Mm. Uh, connect on some deep shots. The part of the, like we saw it with Oklahoma. Now they've got some outstanding athletes all over the field. Um, if you can get a little bit of time and you can take a deep shot, like a, a deep, deep shot, if you can gash, I would say in the, in it with an explosive passing game, um, that's a good way to keep it moving down the field. Um, then you can run the ball a little bit and go from there type of thing. If if you play into Haycock's defense and you dink and dunk five, five, ten yards at a time at the passing game, that's where it gets to be tough sledding eventually because that's that's what I would say it's defense is built around forcing you to do is to just go five yards at a time, basically. Bend but don't break. Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. But if you challenge them over the top, I mean, eventually you can you can you can beat them. I mean, perfect offense always beats perfect defense. Um, so if you can get somebody downfield and get a good ball to them. That's a good way to, to, you know, not play into what Iowa state wants you to do. Um, the other side of the ball is bottle up the, you know, really, really force them to throw the ball. Like, like, like eliminate the running game. We've seen how we've seen it happen for you can, it can be done. Um, and then that's not to say like the running game is good because it's not, but you know, if you can get rid of the running game entirely, They've been hesitant in the past to even if their running game is doing literally zero, they won't give up on it. Um, and so forcing forcing Iowa State into old bad habits of trying to establish the run when it's very clearly not working and the passing game is working, that's that's a good way. I mean, that's exactly what Ohio did is they shut down the run and Iowa State was too stubborn to adjust. And that's you know, you know, it seems like they're they're getting better about not doing that the last few weeks since they've since they've geared the offense more around the passing game. But if you take away the running game, that takes away an arm. And that's what that's, you know, I think that's the first thing Cincinnati would be wise to focus on is to just get rid of the running game and then let, you know, make Rocco beat you. Basically, he's efficient and stuff like that, but they don't like it's not an explosive passing game and where they're not they're not throwing the ball 40, 50 yards down, down 50 yards downfield. Their most explosive plays have been a backside post that they hit 15 yards down the field and then they shake a guy and then they take it the rest of the way type of thing. Um, so I think that's, that's what you would want to do in there. And then truly, and then when I would say it's on offense is, is limit the explosive plays because while I would say has had trouble moving the ball at times for whatever reason, they seem to get some explosive plays. Um, mm, that is not good news for Bearcats fans because we love <laughs> to give up explosive plays. Oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's it's the weirdest thing because like if you ask them to try to like nickel and dime their way up the field and to put together a long drive, they they can struggle at times. But at a fifty-five yard run last week, then against Oklahoma they had two fifty-plus yard passing fifty-yard fifty-plus yard passing touchdowns, and against Oklahoma against Oklahoma State they had a fifty-plus yard passing touchdown. I don't know why. This is a the uh, this is a weirdly a kind of a boomer bust offense. <laughs> I don't I don't know why it has become that because that has never once been Matt Campbell's thing. But Sounds for whatever reason, we have a boomer bust <laughs> offense now. I guess that's 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 uh, something to keep an eye out on for sure. Um, yeah, we I, I'm not a big fan of our secondary here at all, at least from what I've seen so far. Uh, so we'll, we will see the the explosiveness, the, the big plays. See what the, uh, see if the Bearcats Bearcats can't can't uh, hold those in check this week. We haven't been able to so far in the first five games. Levi, you gave us the three keys to the Bearcats winning the game. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate on the other side here. What's the Cyclones got to do well to w- walk out of Nipper with a win? Establish a running game. We saw them; they put up 200 yards last week against TCU. And they controlled, I mean, they controlled the game start to finish. Um, there was, there was like, the game was never once remotely in doubt. Um, 
and you know being able to continue to expand upon the running game the offensive line taking continuing to take steps forward um as they work now a true freshman into the as into the lineup he's played a bunch against Oklahoma State then started last week and has, has looked really good in his first couple starts um like to see that a lot and continuing to expand the offensive line and, and to establish some sort of running game not you don't need to establish the run and then pass but Use your offense, and then if you can have, if Iowa State can can get an effective running game going, I I I like the the chances of moving this ball because the ceiling for this team, just based on athleticism and the the talent that's available, the ceiling on this offense is actually fairly high. Um, it's just they haven't really been able to put together yet because the offensive line has struggled so much. Um, but they they are continuing to take steps forward, so that's that's good. Um, another one, if you can forcing turnovers, I think we, we, they forced a ton of them last week, but this, I mean, last year they only forced, I think last year they picked off eight total passes over the entire season. They've picked off 10 so far through half the season. So they've, they're clearly becoming more, a more turnover oriented defense, which is a welcome sight for sore eyes here. Um, and you know, forcing a couple turnovers would go a long, long, long ways. Um, getting this offense more, more reps and getting in the more opportunities on the field will always help. I mean, I realize that's a cliche blanket answer that everybody gives you, but truly, you know, forcing turnovers and getting this uh, a young offense that is a little inconsistent, getting them more possessions has been by far the best way to get this thing moving and, and to get Iowa State in in, in the lead. Um, so, and then and then I think another thing is going to be getting a good start. Um, Matt Campbell seems are notoriously slow starters, very very slow starters. Like you know, they'll be down by seven at halftime to an FCS team. They'll come back in the win by 20 something, but like they, they're really, really slow starters and they always have been. But last week they got a big, a really, really fast start. They got, they picked off TCU on the first two possessions and they got a touchdown, stuff like that. And they just, they got out to a lead and they just play with the lead for basically the entire game. Um, and that makes for a lot less stressful football. <laughs> and uh, it's just a better way to play. I would say when you have a good a defense that's as good as Iowa State's playing with the lead is a lot better. <laughs> Than trying to than trying to play catch up, um, and hoping that your defense can come up with a play. Um, Levi, I really I think we only have one question here for you left, unless unless Darren wants to chime in with something uh, after this. And I, I think I know what you're going to say to this, but I, I love asking every guest that comes on the show with to do a preview episode of this question. So, really, the last questions here I have for you at least. But if you had to pick one to win the game for you this week against Cincinnati in Nipper Stadium, are you choosing the offense to go on a game-winning touchdown drive, or are you picking the defense to get a stop to save the go-ahead touchdown? Defense. Big-time big time stop. Yeah, like like when, you, when you're playing with a lead and you just got to defend that last drive and then TJ Tampa picks it off to ice the thing, that's so satisfying. Yeah. Give me that For all sure. day and night. Absolutely. Darren, do you have anything else for our, our guest here from Wide Right and Natty Light? No, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Just kind of watching a, a team's uh, light go out right at the end there is the best. Well. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we you know we we got up like against TCU, we got up fourteen seven or something. There they are twenty twenty one seven after the Sama run, and we were just like just stomp on them, just <laughs> just put their lights out and stuff like that or whatever, and they and they kind of did. Or whatever, you know, in like Oklahoma State, we were like, well, we got to hang on. We got a seven point lead. We got to hang on. Um, don't let them go down the field because we've done that before against Oklahoma State. And then TJ Tampa picks that pass off, and it's just the best, the best feeling. Just shutting the door. I love it. I, I agree with you, gentlemen, there as well. Levi, I do want to, while we still have probably some, some Iowa State listeners here, I want to let them know that if they are looking to trade some Cincy Light, for some Ames Logger, and they're coming to Cincinnati this weekend. Hit me up, hit Darren up. I bet he'd be interested in it too. Uh, I will, you know, if you want to trade six for six, 12 for 12, whatever it is, bring some of that down here to Cincinnati if you're coming. Look me up. I'll, I'll meet you during the tailgate and we'll do a little, uh, little beer trade here because I uh, certainly want to try all the NIL beers here in the, in the Big 12. So, yeah, bring those. I, might, I don't, depends on how Saturday goes. It might be a little bit before I try them. But yeah, uh, I certainly, certainly <laughs> want to get my hands on some to, to have them a, as we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys are always welcome to when you're not playing us. You're always welcome to be honorary Iowa State fans. <laughs> it's easily the most fun team in the Big 12 to have as your second favorite team by far. 
we, we got to get on that as as, as Bearcats fans. I, I think we might have to wait for a you know a season or so to to jump in and lean into that. But I do like how there's some like official and unofficial alliances in the Big yeah. Twelve, especially yeah. for some of the uh, you know non-major sports. So we, yeah, we definitely got to get in. On that. Too, it is so. funny. There are there are like a few <laughs> like there are a few like very very clear and obvious friend groups in the Big Twelve, like Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. That's a good little friend group there. Um, Kansas State used to be involved in it. Then they got like, then they were like decent, and then they turned into dickheads, and we don't we don't talk to them anymore. Um, like you can't sit with us, and like, <laughs> like one of those things. And Kansas is fine, but like they're more fun with basketball. Uh, we all shit on Texas and Oklahoma, so that works out pretty good. Baylor, I don't know if real Baylor's got any like friends per se. I mean, like there are some cool Baylor people, but I wouldn't call them like part of any friend group necessarily. And TCU is cool. I like TCU. Um, they're TCU. Like, there's not there's not much there. Like, like it's a pretty small school with a with a like they didn't, like I don't know. There's TCU. Like, I've got some really good friends with TCU. Some of my some of the best like Big Twelve friends are from TCU. But um, yeah, there's just not like a lot to go on there. Like, they don't have like a long deep history with with anybody else in the conference besides Baylor. Um, West Virginia is cool, but like. And they probably like could be part of the Oklahoma State, what Iowa State, Texas Tech kind of friend group alliance, whatever you want to call it that. But they they like almost kind of go through an effort to kind of distance themselves from the Big 12 because they're part of the old Big East and all this forever. So they've got all of their cultural history is dealing on the East Coast with Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech and all these or whatever. So like they culturally, they fit really nicely with with, you know, us, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Same, very much same kind of schools or whatever, but um, I don't know. They kind of they kind of work to distance themselves a little bit, so they're kind of like they have to show up great if they don't, whatever <laughs> type of thing. Well, it could be like UCF fans and walk into the Big Twelve and try to kick the door down and say Fuck we're running this place. I'm glad, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they're getting their asses. Kicked. Like I'm, I'm glad that like after they got off to a hot start, they're getting their fucking faces kicked in. I'm so happy about it because I like nothing would make me happier than them turning into like a three win program. That'd be so great. Like, get shit on. Like, like that's that's what happens when you like play actual people and like actual teams under schedule instead of just shitting on like South Alabama for and I, that's a good program. I'm not gonna send a shit on that. Like, like you just get to play like South Florida ten times a year and then congratulations, you won ten like, games. I feel like Cincinnati walked in. They were like, we're just happy to be here. UCF <laughs> walked in. It was like, we're running. This we're thing. winning this thing. And then yeah. all of a sudden, they get like beat by like thirty five by Kansas. It's like, you know, we used to make fun of people for that, right? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll take what we can get, I guess. Uh, yeah. I I do hope. I, I'm so glad that Kansas curb stomped them because I really. I really want to win a Big Twelve game before they do. Like, I mean, somewhere down the the line. I gotta of, be honest, friend. I hope you don't win it this weekend. But like, I, know, you know, I know you don't. That's you all. Know, that's all right. I I would, I'm that, thinking but. you might have to wait another week on your on your win, on your drinking beer again and and getting your Big Twelve win. Who does UCF <laughs> play this weekend? That's a great uh, question. I, I don't know. Let's see. I I need to find out who this is. Oh, they're they're Oklahoma. Uh, oh, they're gonna get. Oklahoma. They're gonna yeah. get. They're gonna get annihilated. So. Yeah, that's going to be bad. They're not winning this weekend. It's their old quarterback too. No, they might be off. Yeah, they yeah. don't play Oklahoma until the twenty first. They're yeah, off. They bye week. Oh, so yep. they've got a bye week. Okay, so you're okay though, because yeah. so even if you because who who do you guys have next week? Baylor. Oh, Baylor. they're terrible. You're going to be Baylor. And then UCF. So Baylor sucks. So yeah, <laughs> no, like you'll you'll get your you'll get your first Big Ten Big Twelve win next weekend, and we're all fine. We're all happy. <laughs> See, it's great. Levi, I certainly, I certainly appreciate your time. Certainly, uh, thanks for coming back on here. Uh, I know if you ever need us to to you know cross pollinate the podcast, certainly reach out and maybe we'll talk again come basketball season. That sounds great. All right, man. I'll see you. Thanks, Darren. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Um, always bringing some uh, some some good insight there. I I like to do preview episodes because. Kind of gives you an insight as to what the, uh, you know, the the opposing fan base is, is thinking, their vibes, what their what their outlook is for the rest of the season. So, uh, looks like Iowa State's maybe doing a little bit better than than what we thought they would be. And they, uh, I mean, being TCU, that, that's always fun. We'll see if we can't end this uh, nipper losing streak we got going on against them. I, I think we have that potential to, to do it. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, we got to put some things together first. Well, yeah, I mean, every every game when things aren't going right is uh, or every next game, I should say, when things aren't going right is a get right game. So <laughs> at that point, uh, you're just hoping that you're improving uh, when things aren't off to a hot start like they've been. Um, so we'll see. Um, obviously, for our sake, I hope that we do win. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. Um, anything else that you want to talk about football wise, uh, college football wise? I, I have some other like random things here I, I want to talk to you about just to sort of, you know, get some thoughts off, uh, off my mind or, or maybe, you know, give it a, a well, maybe not well rounded. That might be a, a weird term, but sort of round out the, this episode of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just my opinion for us to win the game, uh, uh, eliminate dumb mistakes. You know, one hundred percent. You know, um, no throwing. We can't. We can't throw picks. Pick sixes. Um, we can't. Obviously, you know, be be careless with the ball when we're getting it back. Just things like that. Um, again, I think it's just going to be based on whoever's offense gets going first. Uh, these are two very solid defensive teams, in my opinion, um, with not a lot of offense. Um, he said they kind of live off of big plays. Uh, making helping score. That's kind of what we saw with BYU last week. Is we <laughs> we hit it from uh, thirty yards out or more. <laughs> um, so yeah. I think it just depends on who who gets going first um, at that point. Um, other than that, uh, I thought it was a good weekend of football. A lot of great matchups out there. Uh, I really got enjoyed sitting down and watching uh, what we had going uh, this past week. Texas uh, killed me, man. That, that was the first game of the parlay right off the jump. And they lost. I, I would never have guessed that. The way Oklahoma or the way that Oklahoma has looked, mm-hmm. especially when they played us, versus the way Texas has looked, especially when they beat Alabama. I'm thinking uh, 17 plus points, Texas is going to walk away with this. Wrong. Oh, you can't play. It's a rivalry game, I guess. You know, no holds bars. Everything's off the table, they, or everything's yeah. on the table. Man. They sent Dylan Gabriel to the NFL on that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. Um, uh, Maryland OSU. I thought that was going to be really good. Unfortunately, Maryland couldn't hang. Um, oh, that, yeah, that was that was that was a good most of the game. That was pretty good. Yeah, I think if they, I think if Maryland would have caught OSU a few weeks earlier, they win that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Ohio State's kind of starting to put it together, and they're going to be tough to contend with the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I thought UK, Georgia might have a little something to it, but at the end, Georgia just reminded them who's running the conference. Um, Tam U versus Bama, good game there. Uh, Notre Dame and Louisville. <laughs> that was a, a, a little meh. Yeah. Uh, uh, was really hoping uh Notre Dame could pull that one out for reasons. <laughs> uh, same, same. Um, uh, Arizona USC was was a, a late night game that went down to the wire. Yeah, OT did it go, Did that end up going to overtime? Well, I want to say double. Uh, maybe. Uh, Damn. Uh, triple actually went to triple. Triple. Wow. Yeah, wow. uh, Wyoming pulled out upset over Fresno. Uh, I think Wyoming's yeah. a really fun team to watch this year. That's, I've mentioned them before. That's funny. Uh, and that would have been that would have been the last leg of, of the parlay. I think I won everything in between except for the first and the last leg. So I guess if I had to lose the the, the parlay, Texas axing it or xing it from from the beginning, and because if it would have went down to Wyoming Fresno State, I would have been. Uh, Extremely mad. I'm glad I didn't have a Miami uh, Hurricanes on my money line <laughs> because oh my god, what a what a dumb dumb mistake that was going for it when they could have just taken a knee and ended the game. They end up fumbling. Georgia Tech takes it down, scores a touchdown. Twenty three twenty ends the game. That was that was one of the most that to the win in the end. Seen. No need to, no need to either. Um, no. UConn finally got a win. Uh, <laughs> um, like their first win against Rice, uh, powerhouse. Yeah, uh, which is funny because I'm pretty sure JT Daniels uh plays for Rice now, the forever everywhere mm. quarterback. Um, so there's a there's a there's a there's a talent going. Arizona State 
Uh, Colorado took out Colorado to the wire. Colorado won out in the end, 27 yep. to 24. A uh, little bit of a wild move uh, from Shadour, uh, flashing the wrist at the uh, Arizona State <laughs> student that. section. I was like, ah, you might need to earn some respect again, big guy, before you <laughs> go out talking like that. But hey, you know, not the worst move in the world, just not the smartest one either. Yeah, um, for sure. Miami, Ohio. Uh, not sure if they're a good. I wasn't sure if they were a good team or not, but they they they've been looking pretty solid. They're f- on a five game win streak, Ooh. unfortunately. Yeah, uh, which is funny. So funny, even funnier about yesterday, uh, they beat up on Bowling Green uh, State University, who beat Georgia Tech, who Georgia Tech, who just happened to also beat uh, the U. The yep. same U who happened to destroy Miami. Full so, circle there. Full circle. Circle, circle of suck. <laughs> Suck for sure. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, just some entertaining games to watch uh, this past weekend. And uh, Darren, I just, yeah. uh, I said, I just finished my second beer of of the podcast here, which wasn't too <laughs> light. You know, I said I, I bought a case, uh, and it, it's pretty much gone after this weekend. Uh, but so, some of the things that we've uh, talked about in the Discord this week, which is the Discord is popping off. Uh, please join the Discord if you have not. Uh, but. Some a Cincy Light survey went out from Rheingeist. I believe it was Rheingeist this week. Did, I don't know if you got that email, but but I I didn't think I did. And then people were talking about it in the Discord. Then I went back and I looked in my spam folder, and of course there it was. So I pulled it out of there and you know looked through it and and filled it out for them. Uh, I thought it was kind of kind of interesting the sort of questions that they were asking uh, in the survey. Did you get it? You know, I didn't even look <laughs> to see if I got it or not. Yeah, I, well, it was it was just, I mean, I, I think Cincy Light has, has blown expectations out of the water as far as sales, demand, and people wanting it. Uh, every, I mean, I, just from working at, at the Delhi Liquor Store, I know we have we have ran through that keg after keg. Um, and it's pretty, uh, people definitely want it. So I think from... I don't know what their purpose was exactly of the survey, but it kind of seemed like, like, I don't know if you, if you pay attention to craft beer that much, but like uh, over the re- semi recently Braxton brewing had, had announced that they had like sold off or they had the, the garage beer was going to be like its own brand of beer. Like it's kind of separate from Braxton now. And I'm not saying that this is what Rheingeist is, is doing with Cincy light, but it seems like it could be, something like that where Cincy light is its own brand and there, I mean, maybe down the line, this is again, a hundred percent speculation, but there could be like a Cincy light IPA. There could be a Cincy light pale ale, a Cincy light or a, you know, whatever, a, maybe it's a Cincy rains pale ale and Cincy, you know, Cincy light is a being a light lager there, but it, it just seems like there's room for this brand to expand into other beer styles, which I think I would 100% support uh, because I mean, I, 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 myself, I'm an IPA guy. I love an, an IPA. So if I could support Cincy Reigns while, you know, mixing up my beer styles, I'd be all for that. I don't see, you know, hey, having choices, never a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. And it's definitely a, uh, to help them look at the branding. Um yeah. I would I wear my, my new shirt here. <laughs> I would I, yeah, I have mine too. I need to pop that on uh, this week. Um, I don't know if I'd go as far as to see them expanding the drinking options just yet, but I think they're going to at least start with their branding and seeing where they can expand that influence. It's like, okay, okay, we're well, a t shirt selling well. Okay. It's like you get the yeah. picture and signage back there already, uh, the cans, um, you know. I think they are definitely looking to expand the brand. I just don't know how far yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's something that's going to come overnight. hundred yeah, uh, percent. But maybe, you know, as, as demand continues, you know, looking to diversify a little bit could, could be a cool thing. Uh, you know, Hummer uh, from the Cincy Slang and podcast, he had the idea of instead of it being called Cincy light, you know, throw a, throw it a you know, New York light and sell it in, in New York city or a Louisville light. All, all the money's still going to help UC athletics, but it's just, that was his idea. I thought that was kind of clever. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that as well. So, you know, where Ryan Geister distri- distribution footprint is 
decently sized for sure. Definitely multi giant city markets get exposed to Ryan guys. So that, that, might be, that might yeah. be an idea too. Within the confines of Ohio, even all the way to the north, it has to stay since he late though. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Sure. Tell them it was us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a Trojan horse. We're coming in. You know exactly who this is for. I like that. I, I'd support that idea. Uh, we are g- getting closer to basketball season. Uh, we have a very special former basketball player lined up to come on the podcast here semi soon to sort of, you know, give us a preseason or a, a preview of, of the team this year. Uh, so, so look out for that coming soon. But with that, the women's team has already thrown out their uh, uniforms for the season. Uh, you know, Jordan brand first time that they're going with, with the Jordan brand. Uh, what, what were your, what's your reaction to the, to the women's basketball uniforms that they, that they threw out? They look slick. <laughs> those are those I are pretty like nice. That, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No complaints there. I, I, I. How much of a peak are one to one? Are they going to be for the the men's uniforms? Probably the same ones, right? I would think no, no. Um, uh, but I mean, I've, I've been wrong before. I, I mean, but still, I mean, the <laughs> the men's uniform is a you have a layup. You have a design that we've had before that all you have to do is replicate that and everyone in the world who loves Bearcats basketball will be happy, have no complaints. Maybe maybe they don't do that in this weird like holdover. Uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, this two-year holdover plan that we're in. And maybe they, they wait to do that once, you know, it becomes a... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Once it becomes an official, I don't, I don't even know what the, what the term is here, but maybe they wait for, for that. But still like, I, I'm going to be slightly disappointed if it is just not the, the blocks down the side of the jerseys and shorts, like just, it's an easy home run. Just it, it's a, it's a layup. Just, just score the layup. I wouldn't be surprised if I saved that. that, that keep, keep everybody wondering when and why, why not now? Maybe for a throwback game, add to our throwback list. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the women's uniforms. Mm-hmm. I, I like them a lot. They got the the red and the white trim on it. Uh, you know, the the Jumpman logo on the side, Cincinnati across the chest. The numbers I think are are bigger in the front than they, what mm-hmm. they used to be uh, for the you know previous uniforms. The name, I guess, like the one wrinkle here, their like their last name is at the bottom of the numbers on the back. Instead yeah. of up top, uh, like in between the shoulder blades, which I, I don't mind that. That's that's something a little different. Uh, you know, they got, they got the reds, red and white down the sides. Very sleek, very very nice looking uniforms. Love it. I just, I, I want what I want, and I can't help it, Darren. <laughs> when it comes to, to the men's uniforms, I I I, I won't be disappointed. I mean, I'll, I'll be semi disappointed. I'll get over it, but I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, throw out, we should fire Wes Miller or John Cunningham because, <laughs> because our uniforms aren't what I want them to be, but you know, yeah, some people just, will try all that. I'm sure that they will. Somebody, somebody will be big mad and think that we should fire somebody along the way. But when this is a perfect segue, Darren, because when Wes Miller is recruiting at the level that he's recruiting, you give the man his flowers and some, I don't know what, I don't know what else you want to give him. I'll buy him a Cincy light. If I see him at the bar, uh, but this week we, we found out that the men's basketball program uh, just got a commit from four-star, six-foot-eight Tyler Betsy out of Windsor, Connecticut. And uh, watching, I don't know if you if you've done any any homework on this kid, uh, but he is a major get for the basketball Bearcats. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean he's 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 on he's on the list. You know, he's a he's a top player. Um, uh, you know, it's he. We'll we'll see as we've started to now build out our recruiting classes if he'll, how much he'd contribute right away once he gets in mm-hmm. uh, in his class. But I mean, it, it you know, uh, Wes goes out and shoot or shoot. He he is going to make an attempt. Um, he may not land everybody, but um, uh, you gotta give him his recruiting chops for sure. 
Um, you know, it's 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 fun to watch our basketball recruiting. Yeah, it is, and because he is shooting his shots, and he's not landing every, every guy uh, that he goes after. But when you are going after the caliber of players that he he has been going after. Every once in a while, you you are going to to, to land someone like this, and, and the guys that we have that are actually going to be playing for us this year as well. Uh, you know, he's a six foot eight power forward, small forward. We'll just call him a, a forward. He's uh, he has a ninety eight composite score on two four seven. I think pretty unanimous four star. I've not seen any other recruiting outlet say anything different. Uh, he, he's got a, a nice jumper. He can attack the rim. He, he plays defense from, from the, uh, the film or the, you know, the highlights that, I, that I've watched this week. Uh, I, I won't go into to, I, I only see like one, maybe little, little tweak of his game that, that I would throw out there. We don't need to go into that yet. Uh, but he is certainly a, uh, what is the top 40 player in the country? Top like forty two or something like that maybe, uh, he he was definitely up there. So uh, I want to say he's middle of the table for sure. Um, yeah, I forgot his exact ranking though. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, top forty player. I think so. I don't know. Nationally, he's uh, yeah, no, he's top forty. Um, top yeah. McKinley was was sixty seven. Who I was thinking of? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's Tyler McKinley from Winton yeah. Woods that uh, is part of that 2024 class as well. So, I mean, we got position-wise, Betts, Tyler Betsy's ninth in this position, first in the, in the state of Connecticut, and then uh, Tyler McKinley from Winton Woods is 10th in the state, mm-hmm. second – or 10th in his position. Yeah. Yep. Second, Second in the state, state of Ohio. Yeah, so uh, we will certainly love to see that. So definitely – we have a, a lot of things still in limbo, even though we're like less than 30 days from, from the season. I don't know when we're supposed to hear on these waivers for Aziz and, and Reynolds. Uh, I, I know I'm sure like the staff, we'd like to hear much sooner than later because it feels like the season's just right around the corner. So we, we have a sort of a lot to a lot in, in the up in the air still for the basketball team. Uh, because I think our our starting five will definitely look different if we get those two waivers, or some people are kind of thinking maybe we'll get one or not the other. I don't know why that they think that. Uh, I certainly want both of them as soon as possible. Um, yeah, I, I think people are saying one versus the other just because I think um, they expect the NCAA to make an example out of somebody. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, there was solid news uh coming out of uh the the college football world um where they uh they basically rolled back their decision on uh Tez Walker mm-hmm. um at so, North Carolina right yeah for football so he's now eligible to play which is crazy cuz half the season's gone now for college football <laughs> um but uh there's some there's some hope there i guess uh and hopefully we're not the ones they make an example out of. Hopefully our 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 um our, our paperwork is ironclad. Um, yeah. The reason might as well be optimistic until you know we hear otherwise. That, that's that's how I like to live my life, Darren. I, I'm I'm a glass half full type of guy, so I'll I'll be optimistic until we until they bring the hammer down and, and tell us no. And then hopefully there's some sort of appeal process, which apparently there must be if North Carolina is getting their their football players in halfway through the season here, but I, I don't know. I'm happy that we finally beat out Alabama and Nate Oates for a basketball recruit. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like every time that we've lost a, a, a high recruit, it's been to been to that guy in Alabama. So I'm finally glad that, that we won one uh, in, in the recruiting battle. And I think if, if I'm not mistaken, Kane broom has to have something to do with this former right. UC basketball player. He's some sort of a, I don't know, maybe an assistant or some sort of coach, at the high school where Tyler Betsy is, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think that's right. Tell me if I'm if I'm thinking of some, another scenario here, but I'm pretty sure that's that's some sort of wrinkle in in this recruiting. And uh, however he got here, uh, I'm about it. I'll put it this way: uh, <laughs> uh, for once, someone we loved as a Bearcat isn't hurting us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. 
yeah, so I mean, look for for more stuff coming coming in in the uh, the basketball coverage. Um, for for me, basketball season gets super hectic. I, I coach varsity girls basketball, and that will be starting, I think, like October twenty fourth, right? Yeah, <laughs> very soon. Um, so we will. Assuming Darren, you're still with us here for basketball season, certainly would love to have you. Uh, not just you know beyond the football coverage, even though there is football overlap there too. We won't <laughs> be done with with football uh, when basketball season starts. So we'll, we'll find time and and get this things this thing going. Well, I think we've had we've had an episode every week since April, March or something. So we want to we want to keep this train rolling. Uh, even when when life gets super hectic here, because we got a lot of stuff coming out, especially for content. If you're looking for Bearcats things, you, you and I have been talking about some stuff we're going to add to YouTube. Uh, I know Coomer and, and Hummer and Hummer and Coomer myself and you, we, we're all throwing out many ideas here. Definitely a lot of stuff coming down the road with the Cats Keller Social Club, uh, especially on YouTube. So if you're not already uh, subscribe, please do that because you don't want to miss out. We got some fun things planned in the near future uh, with with everyone. So it's not just Darren and myself, not just uh, Coomer and Hummer, but we got we got all, all kinds of stuff lined up across the board. So be sure to subscribe and look out for s- some new things coming from the Catskiller Social Club. Absolutely. You got anything else, Darren? I, I think we'll, we can save some more bear, uh, Bearcat basketball talk for for later. Or a little closer to the season, uh, when we get our, our special guest on here, and he's he knows basketball, Bearcats basketball just as good as, as anyone else. So we'll we'll save some some more Bearcat basketball talk to to the preview episode. Sounds good. Perfect, Darren. Appreciate you, sir. Until next time. Cheers and go Bearcats. Cheers. <laughs>